on this 19th Sunday after Pentecost. The Old Testament reading is from 1 Samuel chapter 12, beginning verse 9, where little Samuel is given as a gift to God. Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow, saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. When the man Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, Elkanah, her husband told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Here ends the Old Testament. The epistle is recorded in Philippians chapter 4, beginning verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. For I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, 
and an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Here ends the epistle. We stand in honor of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 12, beginning the 41st verse. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Here ends the Holy Gospel. Okay, I've got some special money up front. Only the kids can come up, though. I'm offering money, just like the government does at times. I'm offering money, like grandmas and grandpas do, or aunts and uncles. I should even get some bigger kids. Okay. Well, I've got some special stuff. In the gospel story, there was a poor widow, and she had two little coins. When I come up close, I'll let you see them. They're about as big as a button. These little tiny coins, one's bigger, one's littler. It just depends when they were made. But they're not very big. One of these light little tiny coins was worth, in what they could buy back then, about 83 cents. That's pretty good, right? 83 cents. So altogether, they bought a dollar 76, put them together, right? What can you buy for a dollar 76? Anything? If I went over to Burger King over here and tried to buy their cheapest chicken McNugget, I wouldn't have enough money. Oh, yeah, but that would be funny if I'm hungry. If you listen, that lady who only had these two little tiny mites called leptons, this is her whole life, this is everything she had. Did you listen to what she did? She came into the temple and did what? Did she throw these to the birds? Did she put them in a wishing well? No. What'd she do with these two little tiny coins? Did you listen? She gave them as a gift to God because she wanted God to have everything she had. So for you, as you live your life, 
you should be willing to give up everything you are and everything you have back to Jesus because he gives you your life now and life eternal in heaven. So these little coins represent what we can do in giving thanks back to our Lord Jesus because, oh, that was, that's for later. That's an American money, still not much. American money is made out of paper. This is at least coins. Okay, so give your life to Jesus because he gave his life for you. Okay, now you can go back. I apparently miscalculated. One of those little tiny copper coins about the size of a button on your shirt, each one of those could buy 68 cents worth of things in our economy. How's that? I didn't calculate correctly. So if she had two of them, it was worth $1.36. That sounds better, doesn't it to you? A dollar and 25, 35, 36 cents. There you go. Sanctify them by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. The saints of God in Christ Jesus. This event is at the same time one of the most heartbreakingly tragic and at the same time joyously wonderful that you can find of any event that happens in the Bible. It happens while Jesus is in the court of the women where they had large trumpet-shaped things that people would come and pour in their offerings. Now, literally, the Greek says that the rich people came in with bags full of coppers. Not these little tiny coppers, but the bigger ones. They brought the coppers because they could have more of them, they could make more racket, there'd be more rattling and banging as those coins went down the trumpet into the big heavy chests. Their purpose for giving that offering was not really thanks to God. It was, look how generous I am. Look how much I can give to God. What a wonderful person I am. Just listen to all my money rattling down in the temple chests. To give gifts to God to show off, or to give gifts to God to try to make up for something is useless. It's worse than two mites. It has no value at all. And if your gifts are to placate God or to show how wonderful you are, you're really running up a great big debt in God's eyes because to do that puts you deeper and deeper into spiritual debt. That's really the great tragedy, <clears throat> although for a little bit shall we consider this poor widow. Where in the world did she get two tiny leptons? She probably sat at one of the temple gates and was begging. 
Now, the tragedy is she had probably been doing this since early morning because the normal time for offerings was at 3 in the afternoon. Of all the hundreds, maybe thousands of people that would come into the temple area and see a poor widow woman sitting there, she got two stinking mites. What a bunch of cheapskates of all those who came to worship God. Besides, all the beggars would cry out as a reminder this simple little phrase. Give thanks to God. Netanita la Elohim. Because it was considered that any gifts given to a poor person were the real precious gifts that were really being laid before God. Not the money that went into the temple trumpets that rolled the coins down at great noise and fanfare, but the simple giving of some gifts to a poor widow woman. How did she get that way? Said she was a widow. It means there's no husband to take care of her. It also means that if she has to go begging, she doesn't have any children to take care of her either. Furthermore, there's no relatives who should have taken her into their home to taking care of her or maybe her children as well. She is the recipient of bitter, cold stinginess from her own family, from her own neighbors, and even from the holy people that are coming into the temple to worship and thank God. Two little stinking leptons. That's all she got. Now what I told the kids about buying power maybe helps us a little bit. Of what she received from the morning sacrifice before 9 o'clock, even to the time of the 3 o'clock evening sacrifice when most people would bring their offerings. All during that time, she had sat begging. And this is all she gets. It is not enough even to go to the marketplace and to get the tail end or the heel of a piece of bread. She is starving. Some commentators said that if that's all she's been getting for a number of days and weeks, she hasn't got much life left. Now the beautiful thing is, she understands the phrase, give thanks to God. But what has she got to give thanks for? She doesn't have anything. There's no one who loves her, who cares for her. Even her supposed holy countrymen aren't giving a whole lot of anything. This isn't the gift of love. This is scraps. This is an affront to God, not a gift to God. Where's her thankfulness coming from? Do you have any idea where it could be coming from? Is this lazy crazy? Is she so destitute she says, well, I might as well throw these two coins in. I haven't got anything anyway. Is she giving out of bitterness and just giving up? 
No. Notice Jesus can tell what's going on. She is giving not only all she has in true thanksgiving, but she's giving actually her entire life. Now there's the key. This woman is a picture, in a sense, of Jesus himself. When he goes to give his great thank offering on the cross, what does he give? A symbolic gift? A little suffering and pain? Shed an itty-bitty amount of blood? He gives his all, his entire life, for the life of the world. This poor widow woman, who in earthly terms has nothing at all to give thanks for, apparently understands the great gift of the coming Messiah, the Savior of the world, the one who had said, what does it matter if a man gain the entire world yet lose his own soul? She knew who the Messiah was. She had faith in what he would come to do. His payment on the cross beyond any measure of worth and his holiness, his unselfish love that he demonstrated all through his ministry and life, that's what she knew and trusted in. Therefore, this is not an act of desperation. This is a most wonderful example of the giving back of our love and thanksgiving back to our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says, as for the rich, they give out of their wealth, but she, out of her literally hopeless, indigent poverty, has put all things, all she had to live on. On the second Stewardship Sunday, look at that woman. But look at her great faith in her Heavenly Father's care and the promises of the Messiah. That's the only thing that can soften our cheapskate hearts. That's the only thing that can change us to be different than the rich or the stingy who come into the temple. We are as nothing, just as she was as nothing. Most people didn't even want to look at her. But Jesus looks at you in love. He has an overflowing love for you to redeem you. And that's the basis of all of our thanksgiving back to God, even if the world may laugh at it. He gave his life for you there, and that's what urges you now to give your life, your whole life, back to him here. Amen. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.